Hello and welcome to the Bible with Me podcast from Precept UK. We are a Christian charity based in Salisbury that equips people to know God deeply so they can live differently, using a wide range of Bible study resources for all ages and levels of understanding. The views expressed in this podcast do not necessarily reflect the views of the ministry, and we would love to encourage you to seek the truth of God's Word for yourself using one of our inductive study books, available at precept.org.uk. Now without further ado, here's Nigel with the latest episode of the Bible with Me podcast. Well, good morning, everybody. Um, and I am really thrilled to be welcoming Andrew Blackler to the podcast today. Andrew grew up in Wales and after school, he went into nursing. Uh, until that was, he was invalided out of his chosen profession with severe uh, back and neck pain, which he still suffers terribly from. He is active in his local church and for many years has discipled young people to grow in their faith and to become uh, dedicated followers of Jesus. Andrew loves sport, uh, football. He's a Swansea fan. Um, he loves rugby, especially when Wales win. Uh, and he loves going to the beach. Uh, and there are some absolutely cracking beaches in Wales. I'm sure many of you know. However, you do need to choose the weather very carefully. Um, he is married to Alison. Uh, together, they have two daughters, Rachel, Victoria, two sons, Matthew and Nathan, and seven grandchildren. Andrew, welcome to the Bible and Me podcast today. Hi, Nigel. Nice to be here with you and uh, uh, chat to you. Uh, and yeah, just to add on to that, one of the first times Nigel came down to Wales to stay with us, uh, it was early spring and he had hailstones and freezing weather. And he couldn't, <laughs> believe, it. He couldn't believe it. I've had some sunshine days. Absolutely. Now, Andrew, how did you come to faith in Jesus Christ? And why do you follow Jesus? Okay, so the first one is uh, I'll give my testimony as to how I came to faith in Jesus Christ. Because once I've done that, that really answers as to why I follow him. Because I, I then have no choice, isn't it? Uh, but but I started. And first of all, I, I'd like to say that when uh, when you asked me to do this, uh, as you know, I was hesitant. The reason I'm hesitant is because for my life. And, and me, it's not remarkable uh, and not really worth sharing. Uh, but what is remarkable and what is worth sharing is that the God of heaven and earth, the one who has knowledge, wisdom, power, righteousness, justice, love, mercy, grace, and so many other things beyond my words or understanding, he loves me. Now, that really is worth sharing, not so much about my life what he has done and and this is the thing when i when you look when i look back upon my life uh, it isn't about me but it's about how god worked upon me and moved upon me so just to think about uh, my life and how god did that i want to try and give one illustration uh, just to just to impress the difference that this makes because you might be thinking listening to this thing, well, you know, I'm a Christian, but I'm not quite sure I've got what they've got. But it's not quite the same. Well, here's an illustration I hope will help. A year or two ago, I watched a documentary. Now, remember, of course, Nigel's mentioned that, that I'm Welsh, live in Wales. Okay, so I was watching a documentary uh, on the Welsh football team, uh, and it was called Don't Take Me Home, which was, uh, I'm sure you all remember, was the anthem sung uh, at the European uh, 2016 football championships. 
and Wales had an amazing run up to the semi-finals uh, in that competition. Uh, it wasn't expected. Uh, we hadn't been in a competition for years, but I mean, it was fantastic. They did a documentary and they asked Chris Coleman, the Wales manager, uh, was asked, what made the difference? What helped this to happen? And his answer was this, every player and person involved understood what it meant to pull on the Welsh jersey. Now, there have been people in the past who haven't understood that in, in football. Everybody's understood it in the Welsh rugby for years, but not always in the football. He said, everybody involved for this campaign understood what it meant to put on that jersey. There was a difference in their hearts and attitudes. They knew the reality and significance of playing for their country. Many people had put on the jersey. They hadn't grasped what it meant, hadn't changed their hearts and attitude. And, and there's the difference uh, if you're pulling on the Christian jersey. It's not about an outward cloak. It's about believing what it means that affects your heart and attitude. Believing that God is who he says he is. And that his son, Jesus Christ, is the only way for us to know him and be close to him. So given that, now we'll keep that in mind as we go through uh, uh, my life. What's happened? Well, to say my story is not remarkable. It's like uh, everybody else's. I've got some things right, got more things wrong. Uh, I've had joys. I've had happinesses. I've had sorrows, troubles. Uh, but a number of incidents stand out to me now that challenged me and made me realize that I needed a personal belief in God. Home was being brought up with my older brother. Uh, we had Christian parents and we lived in a, a village called Poddadawi, which is 10 miles outside of Swansea in South Wales. Uh, and that is significant uh, because church was in Swansea, not in Poddadawi, because that's where dad was brought up. And remember now, this is back in the 60s and 70s. So I know this is going to take a stretch of the imagination, but there were no mobile phones. Uh, where in fact, we didn't even have landline. Uh, lucky if we had a telly. Uh, now he was chuckling because he thought we were on horse and carts when we first came down here. Uh, we weren't quite that bad. Uh, but there were no bypass roads down the valley. Uh, there was no quick access uh, and driving around. So therefore, church was really uh, on a Sunday. Uh, because travel wasn't that easy. It wasn't like it is uh, these days. But I enjoyed going to church. Uh, I wasn't made to go. Uh, it was something I liked to do. Uh, and I learned the Bible uh, quite well through that. But my first challenge came when I was in early years of uh, comprehensive school in an RE lesson. So RE lessons, religious education, uh, back in the day was really only Christianity. And as I had Bible knowledge, it was probably my best subject because uh, uh, I'd never claimed to be an academic uh, in any stretch of the imagination, but I could answer it in RE, so I felt good with that. But the challenge came, uh, and the teacher was actually the head of the first two years of comprehensive uh, and as everybody knows everybody in Wales, he also went to a church in the next village up. But this day, he was he was angry. And I remember, I can see his face now. Uh, and he was challenging 
as children of, do you think Moses really crossed on dry land? And he was, he was angry with this. And he asked for a show of hands from us children. And a number of us put our hands up. But then, but he, he, he was pressing it on. Uh, do you really think they did dry ground? Do you think, really think God could have stopped God? And he was angry with this. So all hands were going down, except, of course, mine was left up. Uh, and he was literally looking at me and carrying on, pressing this point. And I remember feeling really awkward uh, and really pressurized. And I, wow, you know, what a challenge. Did I really believe God and in God? Huge challenge. The second came at a, a children's meeting in George Street in church. Uh, and at the end, everybody was offered, if they wanted to know more, uh, come and get a little booklet. And it was the Gospel of John with helpful little hints at the end. I mean, I had a Bible. I really didn't need a Gospel of John. But anyway, my mate and I said, come on, we'll go and get one. So we went, and, I, uh, and the, the, the gentleman at the door gave one to my mate, and he turned to me. Uh, and of course, what I didn't realize as only child, because he knew mom and dad, isn't it? You know, he's one of the well-known men uh, in the local churches. Uh, and he turned to me with, uh, with, with this and said, but Andrew, you already believed, don't you? Oh, dear. I can't remember what I answered. It was a matter, probably. But again, the challenge came. Personal one, did I really believe? I knew it. Did I really believe? Yeah. The third I'll share, which will be the last one I'll share, uh, and it was in my late teens, when my, my mother and brother were baptised. Uh, and... Uh, Everybody was saying, well, of course, Andrew's getting baptized as well. Uh, well, no, Andrew wasn't getting baptized because Andrew really wasn't there. Uh, and I knew I wasn't there. As much as I liked God, I really wasn't there. I hadn't put on the jersey with understanding and belief. I knew God and about God, but I didn't believe in God. It wasn't a personal relationship. So I wasn't being baptized. I didn't know him as life transforming, joy abounding. Not yet. That came quite shortly after that, though, because I'd often go with dad to a morning meeting. A morning meeting in the brethren is breaking of bread, uh, the Lord's Supper, communion, and it's focused on the bread and wine. It's focused on Christ, his death, his resurrection. It's focused on that personal salvation. I didn't take bread and wine because I wasn't a believer at that stage. But I used to enjoy going along uh, and being there. And one day we came out and I just questioned that, you know, really, what was it about? You know, really, what was this? What's the difference? Uh, and apparently I kept on all day. So, so we got to the evening and I said, well, well let's, let's go quietly up to you, up to you uh, And then he said, you know, what, what about praying and asking uh asking Jesus Christ to be a saviour and your belief in God? And I did that. Uh, and I knew then that I put on the jersey. I knew the difference. Uh, I knew what it meant to believe in God, to trust in Jesus Christ as my sin. This was just after my 18th birthday. Uh, and I knew what it was. I put on that jersey of Christianity. I knew what it meant for all my wrong, my sin had been forgiven when Jesus died on the cross for me. I knew the difference from head belief to heart belief and trust. God loved me, and you know what? He still loves me, despite myself, despite my wrong. He loves me because of the merit of his son, Jesus Christ, not because of me.
And it is wonderful today. Now, it's even more wonderful today than when I first believed. And yes, Moses and the children of Israel did cross on dry ground. <laughs> not Why? Because God can. Because God is powerful, almighty, and can do as he wants. And just another side note, I think the breaking of bread service in the brethren is one of the greatest testimony and witnesses, gospel meetings there is. Mm. Wonderful. Because of that, why could I not, Why? how could I not believe in Jesus Christ? How could I not trust him when he has done all for me? Yeah, absolutely. So really, it was a it was a it was a journey. You were brought up in a Christian household. It was a journey of discovery, of being put on the spot early on by by teachers, and then and then ultimately, you saying to your dad, "Dad, what what's this all about?" And your dear father taking you upstairs and praying with you that prayer, and coming to that that personal relationship, putting on the jersey. I love that. I love that term, putting on the jersey. Um, a Christian jersey, and of course, that's not a private thing, is it? That's a public thing. If you're going to put on a, on a jersey, then everybody's going to see that. And so, uh, you know, uh, uh, our, uh, your faith, I know, our faith is to be a public thing. Um, Jesus said, you know, don't hide hide your light under a bushel, um, but let your light shine. So, so that is fantastic. Um, now, you grew up, you say, in South Wales. Um, just briefly, what, what are your what are your childhood memories? I mean, you talked about a uh, little bit about school and church and stuff, but uh, were you a brilliant sportsman, musician? Um, you know, uh, what are your what are your, what are some of your memories? Well, I'd like to say I, I was the missed best fly half wheels never had. <laughs> I can't say that because when I was a youngster, I, I was really thin, and uh, and the games teacher. He kept saying, oh, Andrew, get in the, get in the, the line now, get in the, the scrum, because I was tall, but I was thin. I had no weight on me whatsoever. And I used to say, put me on the wing, I can run. But he never would, and I, and I never liked being in, because I didn't have the strength. So as much as I'd like to claim something fantastic, no, I, I you know, my life, as I said, is unremarkable. Uh, you know, average. Uh, my, what do I remember, my, you know? My joys were we used to go out and play on the road. There were about five or six boys on the road. And we used to go out and play up the park, up the mountain. Uh, and we had nice times. Yeah, so uh, very normal, very normal, normal upbringing, really. Yeah, brilliant. Brilliant. Now, uh, after leaving school, you went on an apprenticeship to become an electrician. But, Andrew, I have something to say about this. You stopped after a year. Now, now to stop after a year, you are either top of your class and so brilliant that you, you cracked the course in, in record time, or you blew yourself up. Wh- which was it, Andrew? Well, there were a couple of bright sparks on occasions. Uh, <laughs> in that year, I have to say. Uh, one or two bands. Uh, not many. I, I, enjoyed, I enjoyed the uh, electrical bit. Uh, the, the chap over me uh, wasn't particularly um, nice uh, and made the year uh, an awful year. But again, looking back, I know that it, God didn't want me in an, an electrician's job. As much as I enjoyed electrics, uh, uh, and I still do a little bit for the boys now, uh, home electrics, but, um, but but that wasn't to be. It was a harsh lesson, uh, but it, I had to move on from it. Yeah, I mean, you went on to uh, the Bristol School of Nursing 
in the early 1980s and qualified as a registered general nurse. Um, now, was that a popular thing for guys to do back then? I know it's sort of routine today, but what was it like back in the early 80s? Yeah, yeah. Oh, men didn't go into nursing. There were very few. Uh, and it took me some time to get there. Uh, when I came out to the electrician's job, uh, I you know I had a hard year, um, but uh, mum and dad both worked in the health service. They got me a job and I ended up as 18 months as a storekeeper in a small hospital uh, on the outskirts of Swansea called Mount Pleasant. It was a maternity and elderly care. Uh, uh, and I can say it now because the hospital isn't even there, but it was a dos of a job. Uh, but but yeah. Uh, and but in those 18 months, uh, I had time to uh, say recuperate uh, and to uh, perhaps grow up a little bit. Uh, and I found I, I found uh, I found a firmer faith there because I, I had uh, great times in the evenings out with other Christian people because I could go to sleep in the afternoon in work because there was nothing to do. But but it, it helped to form and, and and put those foundations of yes, this is where I want to be is in Christian circles, is following God and knowing more of him. But, but then, of course, uh, you know, there were nurses, and, and I was being told, Andrew, you'd make a good nurse. Andrew, the, and, and it took some time to get there. Uh, but I, I tried it. I, I went as a, a volunteer nurse one Saturday morning, and I loved it from the first time I walked on the ward to the time I had to give it up. Uh, I, I, it was just what God wanted me to do, and I Fantastic. loved it. Yeah, fantastic. fantastic. Now, you you worked as a staff nurse at Morriston Hospital for a number of years. Um, what give us a taste of what 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 that was like? Uh, what you were doing? Uh, any memorable stories? I'm sure all nurses have got memorable stories. <laughs> and also, and also, how did you live out your faith um, in that situation? Um, you know, maybe maybe there were lots of other Christians working with you, so it wasn't too difficult. But yeah, give us a taste of what that was like. I, I mean, like nursing is, isn't it? You know, nursing is a hard job. Um, it, it's mentally, emotionally, and physically uh, a hard job. Uh, but as I say, I really enjoyed it. I was on a surgical ward, main surgical ward uh, for the area. So we took in all the emergencies, uh, and and that we did. We were doing very um, uh, cutting edge, high high surgery uh, at the time, gastrectomies uh, and such like, um, which were uh, it, it involved a lot of intensive nursing. Uh, one, one shift, this is just quickly, one shift. Uh, not, we did not, this was a very unusual shift. Right? Out of a six bed, we actually had four cardiac arrests in one morning. Uh, it was very intense, uh, very intense. But for the flavour of some other things, it was also... Uh, at one stage, a vascular ward. So um, we had to deal with um, amputations because of rotting toes uh, and feet. And we had um, uh, one emergency admission in, uh, and we were told, uh, a Northern District nurse, uh, I haven't seen this chap, because I've seen him, really got to uh, attend to this chap's foot. So yeah, in closed the curtains, took his dressing off his foot. I was swatting the flies away because the flies were coming off uh, his, where his toes weren't there. It was just what was left of the foot. Uh, but remarkably, uh, the flies had left maggots. Uh, so the wound was actually moving. Now, that sounds gross, but the wound was really healthy because the maggots de-slapped. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I was 
whacking the flies away uh, and seeing all these maggots moving, uh, which we did, I did have to clean off. Uh, the wound was actually, I say, a healthy wound. But, you know, but these things were were hard. You know, this, there was this person's life at the end of that, uh, you know, and um, which had been really affected. So, yeah, you know, it, yeah, that, that's nursing, you know, you were helping yeah. people uh, in, yeah. in the course of their lives. And, and what about what about living out your Christian faith? Was that difficult? How how, how did you do well, that? Yeah, I, I think any Christian who is with non Christians, it, it's not easy living out that because everything you do and say, I, I'm going to say is uh, is looked at. You have to consider, you know, uh, doing and saying the right things all the time, uh, which we can which we can never do, isn't it? You know, we always get things wrong, and I get got things wrong. Uh, but you do your, you do, you ask God to help you to do your best, isn't it? You know, you show love and compassion. Don't join in with the, uh, with the swearing words, with the wrong jokes, with the putting down the people. Uh, and you have to guard and watch yourself all the time with that. There was one other Christian for, for a time on the ward, uh, which was great. Uh, but on the whole, uh, they would, but a number of them were open and we had some good discussions, uh, about Christ and church and, yeah, very good. Very, very good. Now, in the late 1990s, you had to leave uh, frontline nursing, didn't you? Yeah. Um, and uh, and then for three years, you worked as an NH, NHS direct uh, senior nurse advisor. Um, why did you have to leave frontline nursing? That must have been really tough. Yeah. 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 It, it was, and in a way, still is. Um, I, I, First knew I had a bad back a month after I qualified in the 1980s. Uh, I, I turned at home and I shook the pains down both my legs. Uh, from that time on, I, I had a, a back. I knew I had a back problem. Uh, osteopath straightened my back back up because it's actually leaning up to the right uh, vertebral strip. Uh, but from then on, I, I had intermittent problems, uh, but managed to keep nursing up till the, the late 90s. Uh, when uh, a prolapse, the disc properly, loads of bulging discs, and uh, but the uh, prolapse totally, so pain and numbness on my right leg, foot, toes, uh, which is still today, um, and that that was real pain up. Uh, so I wasn't allow, allowed back literally into any frontline nursing, not even into outpatients. Uh, they wouldn't accept me as much as I wanted to. Uh, so I ended up with a desk job after some time, which was NHS direct as that was being set up, uh, which was, uh, again, a very pressurized big, uh, job because you're taking decisions over a phone, uh, uh, on healthcare and, and assessing people. Uh, but as well as that, it was very, very politically motivated because it was supposed to be the answer to A&E's problems and it was never going to be. Uh, um, anyway, but, uh, but the, the point for me was all the pressure was then on my neck. Uh, which are, which had also been uh, uh, bad throughout the time, uh, and ended up uh, with uh, paresthesia, numbness and pain down my left arm, hand, fingers, going up in my face and ear, uh, because again the disc was out, uh, there was bone growth and it was pushing on a nerve up in my neck. Uh, so again, a, a consultant said, look, Andrew, you're not, you're not going to maintain work, so you have to finish. Uh, and it was hard. Uh, there's no doubt it, it was painful. Uh, I ended up with surgery on my neck. 
um, which didn't resolve it, but uh, has hopefully meant it hasn't got worse. Uh, and but it was hard not not being able to work. It's hard being in in pain, not, not being able to to play with my boys, to uh, go footballing or scrapping around with them. And uh, I mean that is a serious serious injury. There. I mean, this may be a tough question. Um, how do you reconcile your faith in a loving God on one side uh, with all the struggles? And this isn't this wasn't a one-time thing that you dealt with and got over, but this is an ongoing thing and has been for years. And the pain that you've had um, on the other side, um, you know, how do you where where has where's God been in that from your perspective? Yeah, uh, good good question, obviously, and, and a right question, uh, and it's something that you have to I have to deal with in in a way all the time. Uh, and really, um, I've come to uh, a piece about it, but that doesn't come overnight. You have to work through it. You have to, you know, the things that you know, and this is why Bible study and knowing the Word of God is so important, because it's the things that have been foundational and put in place, and that some of the scripture verses that you just wrap off your tongue so easily you have to say, hang on now, I've got to work, actually work this out through and in my life. So scriptures like, uh, you know, Jeremiah, you know, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. You have to, when, you, when you're when not, you not doing what you want to do, you have to work that out and say, uh, hang on now, because so much of scripture says God is perfect. God, and, and this is the one that got me. God doesn't make mistakes. So if he doesn't make mistakes, he hasn't made a mistake with me. And that's the one that I came to, to trust that God hadn't made a mistake. I didn't understand it. I didn't understand, I didn't want the pain. Uh, but I, I accepted it because God knows what is right for me. And he was going to use me in, in whatever other way uh through this um uh is it easy no it isn't easy do i get it right all the time no i don't do i cope with the pain well all the time no i don't uh but he strengthens me through he doesn't yeah. make mistakes uh, you know and i think of paul who had thorn in the flesh mm. you know these things come in isn't it you know and you hold on to all things work together for good to those who love the lord uh, you know, these scriptures, you just wrap off the tongue sometimes too easy. Mm. Well, I think that's a, I think that's amazing, Andrew. I mean, um, really, really incredible that you're able to do that. You, you sort of come to a view where you've accepted it, that actually this is where God would, this is what God would have for me. And I, you know, I, I think of Joni Erickson Tada. Some of your, some of the listeners may know uh, Joni Erickson Tada, who, who, um, you know, you will know as a young lady, I don't know how old she was, but she dived into a swimming pool and, and fractured her neck. And it's basically, I think it's the paraplegic. She's been a paraplegic most of her life. Uh, but God has used her in the most incredible way through that, through that pain and suffering. And, and similarly with you, um, now you're very involved in your local church, Neath Gospel Hall. Um, and you have 
amazingly and wonderfully and faithfully discipled a number of young people um, actually using using inductive study Bible um, skills and, and resources. Um, so I've got a couple of questions. Um, how did you first connect actually with the Ministry of Precept? Um, and then also, how do you, how did you go about discipling young people? Uh, and you, what did you do? How was it received? Uh, and maybe some of the joys and challenges of that. Yeah, I think the uh, the first thing I'm going to do is say it's not about me. It, it's God that does the work, uh, and His the glory, absolutely not mine. Uh, you know, you know our church, and there are, are a good handful of people God uses towards these youngsters. Uh, team effort, God uses many things and many people uh, to do His work. Uh, I'm just God uses me as a part of that. Then all glory to Him. Uh, precept I came across was when I was was beginning to come out of the NHS direct job, beginning to realise that life was going to be different. So there was um, a, a church in Cardiff set up uh, a year-long course, which was just one day a week uh, for those who were interested a bit more in scripture, and perhaps taking it a bit further uh, of learning. Uh, and on that course, we used to travel up from Swansea. There were three, four of us who used to share share the drive in and, and that. Uh, and we have still got amazing friendship with with two of them, um, which God has really blessed. But but also on that course, one of the best things I picked out of it uh, was that a, a lady, Janice Watts from Precept, came to speak about Precept, and I picked up on that uh, uh, and got involved from there on to use them, and it transformed my Bible study. It transformed me getting to know God uh, because it, it took me, I'd studied scripture for years, but I had never seen it uh, as easily, as clearly, and as well as doing the, the precept studies. Uh, and they're absolutely fantastic. That was for me personally, but, yeah. but then was able to roll out uh, and use it uh, with the youngsters. Uh, and it, God has used it amazingly uh, in the church. As again, as you know, Nigel, uh, you met them, been down uh, uh, with us. Uh, and I think there are a couple of things with that. One, one is that God put a good core of youngsters in uh, who who were for God, and God placed them for Himself. But through through those and with those and growing those, uh, so many who were not church came and studied the Word of God. Uh, and they have now this foundation in their hearts that we pray God will use at some stage in their life, draw them to himself. Uh, and, but, but it's a great joy. Do, you, you asked about doing it. It's a great joy doing it because rather than just preaching at the youngsters or giving them a word, you're sitting down and they're talking to you about the word of God, about their lives, about the struggles, about the joys. Uh, and about the application of, of God and scripture to them. And you sit down taking time with them, taking time then to pray with them. Uh, and it, it, it's it's a privilege, absolute privilege. Which, uh, um, now I know the answer to this, obviously, but um, for the listeners, um, which resource did you use uh, for, for precept? And why was that so helpful uh, in your particular context? Right. I'm thinking there may be people here who, who have responsibilities for young themselves and, and they may be able to learn from from your experience yeah we used um 
mainly the 40-minute studies. We have moved on and we've done um, the Gospel of Mark uh, three studies. That, but really, for the bulk of the time, and we're talking about over 15 years, uh, it's been the 40-minute studies. Uh, and they've been great because um, they're not 40-minute studies, by the way. <laughs> uh, you know, we, we take a, a two or three weeks to do a one 40-minute study, uh, but, but which is great because we, we, we're getting into the Word of God because it's the, it's the lead-in, it's the second story. It opens the questions up. Uh, the 40 minutes are, are no homework, so the youngsters can come along. They don't have to prepare. They can. It's important that the one leading prepares mind very much. The youngsters don't have to. They can just come uh, uh, and carry on. But, they, but they, it's building. They've already got last week, so they're building on last week. Uh, and it uh, grows from that. But it, the questions open up to, to their lives uh, and to that personal connection again. Yeah, 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 and it has been a privilege to to come down on occasion and to see you leading those studies. And uh, what's great is that, um, and for those again listening, um, this method of study that you talked about, Janice Watson, you know, getting involved, and uh, uh, and I think um, inductive study is not nothing new. This, this method of study is nothing new, but I think the way that precept has has packaged it, if you like, and uh, written the studies are so accessible for people. Um, we had a lady the other day um, who'd just been on one of our Bible schools, and she said, I've been a Christian for 60 years. And she said, I'd never knew really the Word of God like I now know the Word of God, having been introduced to this method of study. She said, all those Sunday schools, all those sermons, all those I've been listening to. And so um, there may be some listening that uh, are in that position where you've been to church for years. <laughs> you've been to church for years. But if somebody was to really ask you, okay, well, how do you go about studying? Do you study the Word of God? Do you just read a verse and, and somebody's commentary on it? I mean, uh, how are you um, How are you studying the Word of God? Then they may look at you a little bit embarrassed. Uh, you know, if you're that person, please contact us. And uh, because these are schools, these are these are tools that will really help you. And it's about, as Andrew said at the beginning, it's about a personal, intimate relationship with the living God and God has given us his word so that we may have that but the question is are we reading the word are we studying the word that that we can hear him speaking to us and this method of study really helps us do that and it, and it is such a joy to see the young people doing that and I know that one of your young men and there may be others I'm sure um, Joel who is now involved himself in youth work in his church and is now actually uh, recognizing that you know what I can take I can take young young people through these studies as well and and he's like your spiritual he's a spiritual son but you're going to have spiritual grandchildren Andrew oh, as a oh, as a result of of what you yeah. have been doing which is such a joy isn't it yeah absolutely it's a thrill isn't it it's great but but that's the studies though you know they really are worth doing um, uh, it's not to put sermons down or reading scripture uh, 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 as a whole or uh, any of those other things. But this is just, uh, I'm going to say, this is even better again. Uh, and adds to those things, makes scripture more alive. Yeah, yeah fantastic. Now, now we're talking about the word of God, um, but um, why is the word of God important to you, Andrew? 
because if you want to believe in God, and you do believe in God, then you have to believe this is his word. Why? Because he says it is. So therefore, the word of God is truth. And you say, oh, okay. But you know, more than that, if you read the Bible, it just makes good sense. The things it teaches are just good common sense. You know, don't lie. Well, that's, that's good practice for living, surely. <laughs> you know, don't steal from other people. Surely that's good practice for living. Uh, and on you go. You know, it just makes good common sense of how to live your life. Things in it, you, when you, you know, ah, oh, it's just commandments you've got to do well. No, just think of those, you know, just think of the lying, the stealing, the good common sense things to do. Your writing one is to love other people, care for them. Surely that's, that's what we want to promote as people. It doesn't promote harm or hurt. It doesn't promote putting people down. It doesn't promote shouting at people. It doesn't promote anger at people. It promotes gentleness, kindness, love. It just makes just such good sense. That's without believing in it being the word of God. Yeah, 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 yeah. And of course, I mean, obvious to say that in the Bible is revealed who God is. And and God, by his grace, became a human being. And if we want to know who God is, then we need to look at Jesus. Uh, because and recently studying um, through Titus, um, three beautiful things uh, that we learn, uh, that the grace of God has appeared that the kindness of God has appeared and the love of God has appeared. And so the grace, the kindness and the love of God has appeared and has appeared in a person. And that person is Jesus. So if we want to know about the grace of God, if we want to know about the kindness of God, if we want about the love of God, then we've got to look to the person of Jesus. And of course, he's revealed in the word of God to us. So, yeah. Now, do you have a favorite uh, book in, of the Bible or maybe a character? The thing is, is that, that that fluctuates, doesn't it, Nigel? In <laughs> different times of life, there are, are different things that are, are highlighted out. Uh, and I'm going to go over the last year, probably the book of Job. Um, I read through scripture as well as the studying. I read through scripture and I read, and I read through Job again. Uh, and, uh, you know, it just caught, you know, and in, in these times of, you know, things that are happening that we, we are out of control on. Uh, and they difficult times. Uh, you know, we can't get around that. Um, there are hard times for people. We don't understand what's going on. Things are, are imposed upon us. Uh, even the infection itself that, that we don't understand. We don't want. Uh, and, uh, and yet here is Job in having had even worse difficulties. And yet he still stands for faith in God despite everything else happening and despite everybody else around him. Uh, and he still stands yeah. trusting in God yeah. and, uh, and uh, probably that's been the one over the last year yeah brilliant brilliant Job I don't think anybody has ever said Job on the podcast before but <laughs> <laughs> so, so, it fluctuates doesn't it you know it, yeah. at different times of life dif different parts of scripture uh, are, are precious yeah. because all of scripture is precious isn't it 
Absolutely. And what about a, a verse, a Bible verse? Do you have a Bible verse that you really, uh, your go-to verse or a life verse or, or anything like that? Yeah, but I, I'm, I'm going to, I'm doing something I say we shouldn't do. I'm going to cheat a bit, Nigel. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a verse. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's the end. I'm Romans 8. I'm, I'll curtail it just to the last number of verses. Uh, but Romans 8 is mine. Okay. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, sword? As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And here we go. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels nor principalities, nor powers nor things present nor things to come, nor height nor depth, any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Why so more than, more than why, one. Yeah, why is that important to you? Why are those verses? Because it it doesn't my salvation and my relationship with God doesn't depend on my circumstances. It, it really depends on his love to me, and nothing can break that. There's nothing, absolutely nothing that can break his love to me through Jesus Christ. And that's amazing because I break it all the time. <laughs> For me, I wouldn't be worth that love. But because it's because of his son, Jesus Christ, his love to me will never fail, whatever the circumstance. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, absolutely wonderful. Absolutely. So it's, not, it's not fantasy. Sorry, it's not fantastic. It's not fantasy. It's awesome. <laughs> Absolutely. Now we're coming into land. Um, what's next for Andrew Blackler? Uh, good question. I I have to say, I, whatever God has in store for me. Um, and the thing is, sometimes it's it's uh, we don't need the next big thing. It's continue where we are, continue as we are, and the. Youngsters always, I we go around uh, at the end of our study, as you know, we ask, what, what do you pray for? And I always say, pray for me to be faithful. Mm. That would be my next thing. Pray oh. for me to be faithful. Oh. What a wonderful thing. Well, Andrew, it's been an absolute delight to talk to you on the Bible and Me podcast today. I'm really, um, yeah, you just come across as someone that loves the Lord. Um and has been you you sought to be faithful to him and um you know you set out on a career that you loved you you love nursing no doubt you were excellent at it you've got a heart for people um and and that was cut short um through uh, tragic circumstances and you've had to go on living through that and i think what comes across is um your humility and your acceptance of your circumstances i mean you you talked about the romans those verses um that actually whatever your circumstances god loves you and and ultimately that is that is the thing that is holding you holding us as, as christians uh we may err and stray and we may get angry we may cross and we may ask the whys and the wherefores or but actually god loves me and um we do have a hope. We do have a future. And you have you have really uh, dedicated a lot of your time to investing in young people and uh, investing in young people uh, that they have that 
personal relationship like you have. And I think, you know, when Joel contacted the office recently to say, uh, we'd like, you know, I'm going to be starting uh, a study in my youth group, I thought, that is so wonderful. And, and I'm sure Andrew is just smiling quietly to himself uh, as he hears that, because that's your investment. That's your investment, which is going to go on and reap a harvest in the future. And I know it's I know it's I know it's God, but you've been faithful to him to do that. You know, I, of course, it's his work. It's his word. It's his spirit that draws. But you've been a conduit. You've been a you've been a channel of grace for that to happen. So. So really, uh, really wonderful to speak to you today. Um, and, uh, you know, thank you for your continued involvement with, with the ministry. We're so grateful to you for that. And uh, may the Lord continue to use you in, in mighty, mighty ways. So thank you so much for being on the podcast today. And you, Nigel, nice to be here. Thank you and God bless all the listeners. Okay, bye for now. Hello.